Hey there, it's Taylor Ray of the 1P versus 2P podcast. My co-host Ryan isn't with us this week, but instead of our normal show, because to be quite honest, it was kind of a slow gaming news week, we decided to release the audio from our panel we held at MAGFest 2016. It was about gaming podcast production. So if you're an aspiring podcaster out there, if you love video games like we do, then stay tuned, listen to the rest of this episode to learn all about how to do it. We talk about equipment recommendations, some best practices, overall a lot of great lessons we learned over the past nearly two years of doing this show. And if you want to watch the video version, head over to YouTube and search for our channel, the 1P versus 2P podcast. There you can watch us along with our slides in real time. And if you decide you don't want to listen to this episode or watch the video, we'll make our slides available at the link in the show notes. So enjoy and see you at MAGFest 2017 next year. Thanks again, guys. Welcome. If you're uh, looking at the screen, you can tell you're at the right panel. This is Gaming Podcast Production. And to introduce ourselves, this is actually us. We're brothers. I'm Taylor Ray. I'm Ryan Ray. And we're both indie podcasters. And we've been doing this for about a year. Um, and our podcast is called 1P versus 2P Podcast. And we sort of started podcasting because we found ourselves talking a lot about just history, news, culture, whatever, anything about gaming in general. And as brothers, we're, we're so close. And we just thought, you know, like, we're, we're such fans of podcasts in general. And the barrier to entry is so low. Like, why not get into it ourselves? So it's been kind of a rewarding experience. And after a year of doing it, we've learned a lot of lessons. And it helped shape this panel uh, uh, here at MAGFest. And in case you forget who we are, there's your there's your little legend on screen. If you can tell, that's still us. Um, but yeah, uh, we've been we've been playing video games for over 20 years. But and if you're here at Magfest, we want to assume you're gamers too. But I'm curious. Raise your hand if you listen to podcasts in general. Okay, gaming podcasts specifically. Okay, a few less hands. Shout out some of the ones that you listen to. Giant Bombcast. Okay. Jimquisition. All right. Retronauts? Yeah, oh, yeah. What, what's it called? Oh, Beyond, yeah. Game Informer, yeah. All right, cool. So you guys are naming pretty popular podcasts out there, and it's kind of a crowded space, I would say, um, but it's certainly, like I said, the point of this panel is to talk about podcasting basics. So if you learn anything from this uh, this panel specifically, you'll be able to do this stuff uh, day one. Hopefully, if you have the equipment in place, if not, You'll learn about what you need to buy, what you need to learn uh, along the way. So the podcast that all of you guys described, I would say I listen to about, I do listen to Giant Bombcast regularly. I have been for years. Uh, Retronauts, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I've, uh, I listen to Retronauts. I listen to a lot of non-gaming podcasts, too. Um, there are lots of great ones. Quality Control on Polygon. Um, Kotaku has Split Screen. Yeah, some really great gaming stuff out there. Um, pretty much any game that you want to hear talked about. Almost everyone is covered under the sun. So yeah, and uh, those ones specifically are always at the top of the games and hobbies genre charts of iTunes. Um, so I'm surprised to hear that I didn't hear a lot of like indie podcasts in general, or maybe you didn't say them at all. But we're certainly an indie podcast. But I encourage you guys to to search for that kind of stuff. 
and listen to stuff that's not on the charts. And if you know a friend who podcasts or live streams or whatever, follow them and sort of get ideas on, uh, on, so you can begin podcasting yourself. But all right, let's get right down to it. Let's actually talk about, you know, what motivates you to actually start a podcast of your own. And let's really break it down. All right. People kind of assume audio podcasts are easy to produce because it's a medium that only involves audio traditionally. Now, a lot of podcasts will do, you know, they'll, they'll actually live stream on Twitch or whatever. Uh, or they'll do, they'll record on video and post that separately, right? And then just take the audio and put it out on iTunes and everywhere else. But take it from my experience. You know, I actually, my degree was in broadcast journalism. I went into radio sh in a very short career and audio production is definitely not as easy as it would seem. Um, it does take a lot of time that I don't think people expect going into it. So the point of this, it's, it's kind of a cautionary tale, is you have to know what you're getting into if you're going to be taking podcasting seriously. Because let's face it, if you're not serious about your own podcast, why should others listen to it as well? And we'll get into that, what that means specifically, uh, why you should really dedicate, and what, what it takes to put out a great podcast, specifically gaming. All right, um, this is a pull quote. This, uh, this guy, Pat Flynn, he doesn't host a gaming podcast. But he, he had a great quote. He actually, he does this financial podcast. And uh, it, as, as it says on screen, podcasting is extremely fun and exciting. And I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Ryan would too. But you must internally commit, as you must do with anything that is potentially beneficial, but takes some time and effort to do. So like kind of a life lesson, but it definitely applies in podcasting in general. Like I cannot overstate how much <laughs> we <laughs> underestimated how much time was going to go into it. We don't do this full time. Uh, I am actually, uh, I work in IT, audiovisual work. Ryan is yeah. actually an editor. He's right. a writer. And we do this on the side. We do this on weekends and we do it for fun because um, we have a passion for gaming and we have a passion for podcasting in general. So it, it, it is a big time commitment. Right. Uh, just to speak to that, um, I've kind of put together all the content for our show. We uh, record uh, once a week, usually on Sundays, sometimes on Mondays. Uh, we try to have a consistent schedule. Um, people who listen to podcasts love when their podcasts come out the same day, um, roughly the same time. Uh, that doesn't always happen, but um, we try to record on Sundays. And it takes us about, uh, you know, the average episode, we take about an hour and a half to record it. And then Taylor um, edits and, uh, you know, does all the audio sampling and all that. That takes like what, like three, four hours? Yeah, uh, it varies depending on what kind of podcast you want to do. If it's high production value, if you're going to have theme songs, you're going to be doing uh, sound effects. Uh, just the content itself takes a while to build up. What to discuss each week. Uh, it really depends on the format, how simple and how much time you're going to be able to commit to it. But uh, generally speaking, and uh, uh, sorry, we're skipping ahead here a little bit. Generally speaking, you want to take how long it took for you to record. Like, let's say you recorded 15 minutes worth of, well, you just recorded for 15 minutes between maybe yourself, you and a co-host, whatever your format is and multiply that by three or four. That's how long it's going to take for you to edit the show, all right? Export it, and post it online, and share it. Uh, so with 15 minutes, you know, you're looking at an hour some, and, 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 and sometimes even higher than that, especially if you're starting out. Right, and that's just the technical stuff. Um, the actually putting together and deciding what to talk about and doing your, some of your research, if you don't know um, some of the games you're talking about. You know, I try to uh, scroll away maybe like five minutes every day at work um, to put together kind of like show notes 
Um, and then Taylor and I kind of talk about it before we start recording. Um, that whole process probably takes about like an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and like I said, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but the, the point is, these are, take it from us, take it from our experience. You want to make sure you release regularly. If you start a podcast and you record a couple of episodes and then you take a hiatus, your audience is going to vanish. They really are. A lot of people have a tendency to unsubscribe from non-active podcasts. And I read a statistic out there recently that for every 10 podcasts that get started, seven don't make it past the fourth episode. That is staggering. And, you know, it, it is a low barrier to entry, and that's probably why that's the case. People start something, they find it to be too hard, too time-consuming, they don't, they don't want to dedicate uh, the, the, the time it takes to produce something, and then they quit, and then it's left dead. It's a dead podcast, right? So release regularly. That's the, that's the concept. And don't expect to get rich or famous <laughs> at all. You guys rattled off a lot of very popular podcasts that are from a lot of mainstream websites and from people who are have been journalists for a while, who have been podcasting, doing video work for a while, and it takes a long time for them to get to that state where they built up an audience of thousands of people that regularly download and regularly subscribe to their content, even if it's not just a podcast, right? So, you know, we, we, we noticed this phenomenon like on Twitch and YouTube Everyone hears about the PewDiePies of the world, uh, you know, and he and he he's not into podcastings per se, but he's rich and famous, and the majority of the vast majority of podcasts out there are not. This isn't to discourage you from starting at all. In fact, the point of this podcast is to encourage you to podcast, but just know what you're getting into. It's going to take some work before you start building an audience. Make sense? All right, and also <laughs> all that doom and gloom. <laughs> Um, make it fun work. At, at first, I would say when we started, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, it, it was not as fun as we thought it was going to be. Maybe. Right. We were, we originally, we started with the concept um, of like, uh, if you know that ESPN show, Pardon the Interruption, um, that's basically a, a format where two guys kind of talk to each other about sports. And that was kind of our uh, concept to start off with the podcast. Our very first episode is kind of has a lot of uh, gimmicks. Um, there's a there's a section in the first episode where Taylor role plays as um, the president of Nintendo, um, which is really unfortunate because later that man died that year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was very awkward. Very awkward. But um, we eventually got kind of got in the groove of it. And uh, I think what when Taylor talks about fun work, um, you know, we really like talking to about video games with each other. And uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't like each other and we didn't respect each other. And if we didn't actually play games, like Taylor and I, between. Uh, full-time job and doing this podcast, we actually find the time to, to play games. And, um, you know, it's it's important for research, but also for podcasting to know what you're talking about. And we enjoy doing it. And if you don't enjoy doing it, your, your audience is not going to enjoy listening to your podcast. And your favorite podcasts, all right, do they sound like amateurs? Most likely the answer is no, they don't. They sound somewhat professional, and they actually know what they're speaking about. And a lot of us, I think, we, we know and we know how to interact and talk about games with our friends, our family, whatever. And, and we have these, these sort of uh, conversations. But to sit in front of a microphone and, and talk to each other, sometimes that adds a lot of pressure. And you know that other people are going to be listening to that content. And it can, can get overwhelming. And if you have that anxiety, your listeners are going to hear it too as well. And that's why we want to emphasize, make it fun work. If it's not fun, you're not doing it right. 
And if you have co-hosts that are, uh, I'm not talking about him. He's a great co-host. We're brothers, and I think that works in our favor, obviously. Uh, if you don't have a good rapport with the people you're podcasting with, uh, and it, it starts to become a conflict, and people have different ideas, and, and it's very combative, it's no longer fun. Please always keep that in mind if you are going into podcasting. All right? Okay, let's move on to what sort of equipment you'll need. Uh, and these are pretty much basic recommendations we're going to give you. And we're also going to tell you kind of the I actually looked up these prices yesterday. So they're, they're very up to date on the, the basic gear you're going to need to podcast. So, and like I kind of teased before, there's a very low barrier to entry to podcasting. And the same can be said about video content. If you're putting it out on YouTube, if you're streaming on Twitch, it seems like every Joe Schmo can do that. And it doesn't take much to do that. And I, I would agree with that for podcasting, but for you to get good audio quality and for that to be reflected on your podcast, uh, you're going to need great equipment. And it does take a little bit of an investment. You know, you could record using like a very cheap, generic USB headset, webcam, but it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound terrible. It's going to sound like you're talking through that stuff and people aren't going to take you seriously. All right. So microphones, pretty straightforward, right? We're talking into them as we speak. And you're going to need some sort of microphone to, to record your audio. Now, so Audio-Technica ATR2100, this, it's actually this microphone we're using right here. And I'm actually, uh, I bought a device that allows me to connect it to uh, my, my smartphone over here. The reason why I'm reckon, uh, recommending this microphone, and you're looking at $55, you're like, whoa, that's a lot for a microphone. But it sounds absolutely fantastic whether or not we use it at home recording for the podcast or whether we're at events like MAGFest. I actually took this back south as well and recording uh, on the road as well. And the reason why I recommend it so much is because it's super versatile. If you know anything about audio engineering, you uh, XLRs, most mics like these that we're talking into for this panel, use an XLR connection. It's not a very standard connection when plugging it into like a computer, let's say. But it also has the capability to plug in via USB. So you can use either or, which makes it super versatile. Uh, so let's say eventually you start to upgrade and use a soundboard or a mixer for your podcast. You have several people on microphones. You need multiple inputs. Now you need to switch to XLR. And and now, all of a sudden, you have microphones that support that. So that's why I recommend this one so much. And, and kind of if you're looking at the slide, you see the different connections. You'll see that XLR. That's those three prongs. That USB is a mini USB connection. Um, plugs into any USB 2.0 port. And then there's also a headphone jack, so you can live monitor... Uh, what you're saying in your microphone, which is very important for podcasting. If you don't know what you sound like, it, 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 that, that's a big problem. You know, when, when people are on radio, you definitely see people hearing themselves as they're talking. By the way, in case I'm going too quickly and you want me to go back and review some of the podcast or the equipment recommendations, we're going to have a Q&A towards the end. So if you can recommend other gear or you want to ask more questions about uh, specifically what you're going to need, uh, you know, j just save it till the end of the session. We'll, we'll make sure to open it up for, for questions. Of course, a computer, right? This is very self-explanatory. Ryan, uh, we both have gaming rigs. We record off of those, but it's absolutely not necessary for you to have a powerful computer. And I'm not actually including a, a recommended spec because you do not need much to start recording. You know, you don't need much RAM. Uh, the only thing I would consider is somewhat a lot of storage space, a lot of free space on your computer. Uh, it doesn't, shouldn't take up much room, but you don't want to run into a situation where you are recording and all of a sudden you run out of space and then, uh-oh, I just talked for an hour and nothing got recorded. 
So uh, uh, if you want a little bit more uh, recommended specs on to, to do podcasting, I just search for it online. I'm not going to give it to you here. That would be a nightmare. But uh, go ahead and, and go for it. Okay, so audio editing software. Who here knows how to edit audio, period? Oh, wow, I'm very impressed. Most people go into it not knowing what to, how to edit audio. And uh, to be honest, I went to college for it, and I didn't think it was necessary in college to learn. I could have learned this on my own. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you've done video, if, you, if, you, if you've edited video, it's going to be even easier for you because it's this nonlinear uh, timeline that you're editing. And, it, and it's pretty intuitive. Again, low barrier to entry to learn how to do this kind of thing. There are tons and tons of tutorials out there on YouTube, whatever, on how to edit audio. But I cannot recommend this program enough. And because it is free, yes, absolutely free, there's no trial license, this is, Audacity has been around for a long time, and I, I have used Adobe Audition, even as far back as Cool Edit Pro, other audio editing uh, software, which have slightly more capabilities, but Audacity is more than what you're going to need, and that's what makes it so great. And again, can't emphasize the price of free is absolutely great. Ryan, who is not from an audio background, has learned how to do it, right? Yeah, um, I, I have a background in print journalism, I've done a little bit of this audio editing stuff, and uh, Audacity is something that's very straightforward for me. Uh, our our uh, format is a very short podcast. We do, uh, except for our Game of the Year podcasts, our podcasts tend to run about um, 40 minutes to an hour, and um, you know the, the files can get kind of big. Uh, I always package up the files before I send them off to Taylor to edit, and uh, it's very straightforward. Uh, even a guy like me can figure it out. So if uh, you're not in the audio editing world, I recommend it either getting a guy like Taylor um, or uh, looking at the many great tutorials for Audacity. It's it's really pretty straightforward. Okay, and this is optional. The microphone pop filters. If you don't know what those are, uh, we actually don't have one here on these microphones that we're speaking into. Um, but when you're talking privately and you're very close to a microphone in a room or wherever you're recording in a in closet, I actually record in a closet sometimes, you want what's called a pop filter because when you talk into a microphone and you go with... See, did you hear that through the speakers? All right, you don't want to hear those pops. And also sibilance. I tend to stress my S's, and when you silly snakes like this, that comes across the microphone. It's very hard on people's ears, right, to talk uh, as listeners. And what pop filters allow you to do is to speak into the microphone and not have those be picked up so easily, right? I would also say for hygiene reasons, it's important if you have multiple people talking into the same microphone, uh, or if you have multiple microphones, everybody has their own pop filter because when you talk, you tend to spit. Yes. And see, see how close he was when he's spitting onto it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to share this mic uh, with uh, my girlfriend or my dog or anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> really gross. Yeah. So, so pop filters—they're very cheap. You can just buy on Amazon the, this Dragon Pad one. It's like ships from Asia somewhere. It's and it, they just clamp on to anywhere. If you want to clamp it onto the mic itself, on the stand, on the table and you put it in front of the microphone, and voila, your audio quality has already improved significantly for a low cost. But it's optional, not required. And I also want to say this is optional as well, because like I said before, the pure basics you're going to need are a microphone and a computer. But let's say your format includes like a roundtable discussion. You have more than one microphone, and you start to run out of things like USB ports on your computer. Now you're going to start wanting a mixer, an audio interface soundboard, they're all sort of interchangeable. 
And uh, there, there's actually different equipment uh, that 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 uh, that we can recommend. But if I had to pick one that I could recommend for starters, it's eighty dollars. It's this Behringer mixer, and it's relatively small. It doesn't take up a lot of real estate on tables or desks where or wherever you're recording. Uh, but it's relatively lightweight as well that you can take along. And the the, the convenient thing about this is that. Not only can you have XLR or uh, uh, I think there are eighth inch, no, qu uh, quarter inch outputs on this mix mixer, which are, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they're just different cables that you can use to plug into various audio equipment like in-room speakers. Uh, but this one has a USB output and you can independently record people on separate tracks in Audacity. So, and th the reason why that's important is, let's say Ryan and I are talking at the same time. And uh, that's kind of confusing and very jarring for our audience. And I wanted to edit his piece out, but I wanted to keep my voice in. Well, if we're recorded on the same track, you can't do it. I can't cut him out, and we're on the same waveform on the same track. But a mixer allows you to separate those. So each microphone is a different input, and so it is recorded on a separate track. So does that make sense, right? Nani has, okay. So a mixer is very important if you have a complicated setup. If you want to do things like record live and introduce sound effects, music live, you have a lot of microphones talking at the same time, and you want to be controlling levels, some people talk very softly, some people talk very loudly at different times, and you want to manually adjust that all the time, again, not required for podcasting, especially if you're starting out, but it's very helpful to invest in a mixer like this one, which is a very good uh, uh, entry-level mixer. Okay. So enough about audio equipment recommendations. Oh, I think one other thing I wanted to uh, point out that I forgot to include in here. What's an important thing you need for podcasting? Headphones. Any headphones will do as long as they don't bleed out. So a good test of that is to, to play some music on your earbuds or headphones, whatever you've got. Take them out of your ears, put them in front of you, and if you can still hear what's coming out of them, you know they are not the right uh, headphones or earbuds to record your podcast with. You do not want that to bleed out and re-record on whatever microphone you're using. Common sense, right? But most people forget about that aspect, and then their podcast sounds like crap. <laughs> so you don't need to you don't need to spend a hundred dollars on pro headphones. Any headphones will really do. I don't want to recommend any specific model uh, be, because I don't think it's worthwhile. Uh, when it comes to editing and listening back to your podcast, I think it's helpful for you to listen to it through other speakers and not through headphones just to make sure it sounds okay. But you don't necessarily need studio-level headphones because you're not putting, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's just not as important as the equipment that you need to record your and capture your audio. Okay. Pro tips before you begin podcasts. Podcasting, I should say. So seek out podcast experts and advice. I said before, we've only been doing this for about a year. I wouldn't call us experts per se, but <laughs> no, don't anybody run out of the room. But um, there are very valuable resources out there to learn how to podcast. There's so many guides out there. The ones I can strongly recommend that have been the most helpful to me is if you're a Redditor, just go to the subreddit R Podcasts. It is an excellent, excellent community that can give you feedback, uh, give you recommended solutions on where to host your podcasts. There's even a place to uh, uh, post your weekly podcasts every time you release something. And it's just a very collaborative atmosphere. There's even like review exchanges as well. And, and 
it's just a good, very good resource, especially if you're starting out. That's where I learned a lot about doing this when I started. And also, there's a, so the guy in the background of the slide is actually a guy named Dan Benjamin, who's been podcasting ever since it became a thing in the mid 2000s. And he put out this podcast on the 5x5 network. It's a podcast network called the podcast method. And I subscribed and instantly learned so much about what it takes to put out good content, how to uh, interview guests, how to, you know, collaborate with co-hosts, what's the best way to edit and export and record, things like that. He's just a wealth of knowledge, and he also takes questions. If you tweet at him, we'll actually talk about it on the show. Can't recommend that show enough for beginners. I think Ryan can talk about this one. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned before, I put together about, uh, we, Taylor and I use, um, Google Docs to collaborate on the show. And, um, we, you know, obviously, uh, over the course of recording the, this podcast, we've, um, practiced a lot. We try to get a lot of, uh, rid of, uh, our, uh, speech patterns. So, um, and like, and so, and a lot of long pauses. Um, but it's really important to do that. It's really also important to research the topics you're talking about. Um, like I said earlier, if you don't know what you're talking about, nobody's going to want to listen to you. Um, it's important to kind of stay up to date. Uh, Taylor and I play a lot of um, modern games. Um, if you're talking about a lot of more recent stuff, it's important to kind of stay on top of that. If you're talking about retro games, uh, it's important to to go back and actually play and research some of those. Um, you know, it, when we when we do podcast interviews, uh, I definitely do a lot of legwork on finding out what that person did their background, the games that they've worked on, if they happen to be a game developer. If they're a games journalist, we had uh, Chris Waters from GameSpot. Taylor interviewed him, and uh, he was promoting a, a book. So we uh, got some book excerpts um, to talk about maybe some of the stuff that he was uh, putting putting in there. And so it's really important to, to be well-informed and uh, stay up to date on the topics that you cover. Absolutely. Like, uh, enough, like, research is, like, a fundamental part about good podcasting. If you have an interview guest... Do not shoot the shit, as they say, you know? You do not want to go in starting off with small talk. You want to go in knowing about what your subject is there to either promote or discuss. If you don't, they're going to think it's a waste of time. The best interviews out there, if you remember Larry King, that kind of bad example because no longer on the air, but he, he was a master interviewer. He went in, he did a ton of research, he had assistants that did research for him as well, and he came out with all these notes and bullet points. He didn't even write out questions he was going to ask. And I would encourage you to do that as well. Write out bullet points, say, I want that, this person to talk about this topic. Don't write out the full question you're going to ask. Let that come naturally. And so your interviews are going to have a more conversational tone to them. And that's not possible unless you practice. Practice with someone, research, and stay up to date. You do not want to go into an interview or start talking on your podcast, even if you're not interviewing a guest. And <laughs> it's so amateurish. You can obviously tell when people are taking long pauses or they're BSing, they're making things up along as they go, and you're sitting there shaking your head saying, that's not right, that, that's, not, that's false. They're talking about facts that are just completely wrong. So it's, I, it goes without saying, but it's fundamental. To, to making good content. Just to talk quickly about our show, we have uh, lots of segments in our show. We have First Attack, which is kind of our news section. Um, so Taylor and I kind of call together uh, two to three really important news stories that we think we should talk about. Um, we have a this, uh, this Week in Gaming, which kind of takes a look back at gaming history. Um, we do a lot of Wikipedia research and also research on the game, talk about the game's development, um, music, uh, history, um, you know, the critical reception of that game. 
Uh, we also have a bonus stage section, which is kind of six quick news items that are kind of quirky things, you know, the kind of like... Offbeat, yeah. Yeah, yeah somebody built a statue of Mario in Minecraft, that kind of thing. And um, sometimes we also do interview pieces. That, that also goes there in there as well. Tons of notes in each section. If your podcast is very structured like ours is and very segmented, it's very helpful to get all that stuff kind of outlined beforehand. And this is a lesson that we're continuing to learn uh, and we're, as we move on uh, to, to gain uh, a, a bigger and bigger audience uh, as indie podcasters. So go beyond just audio podcasting. It's really not enough anymore, really. And, and there's really an untapped audience if you uh, are not streaming on Twitch, if you're not producing uh, video content on YouTube, even if it's not live streaming, and also writing articles. Like I said before, my, my, my background is actually in radio broadcasting, and Ryan's is in writing. So he's a lot more comfortable writing articles. We, he writes a lot of editorials and, and blog posts for our website. And we have not actually started streaming on Twitch, but... It's something that everyone has brought up when they talk to us, and we introduce ourselves as podcasters. And 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 videos is something we're also starting to produce as well. And and I actually started doing that, covering Pack South, scheduling interviews, covering the event. Uh, I was there several weekends ago. I, I have to tell you, it's just an untapped audience. Like if you are just strictly doing audio podcasts, it really is not enough anymore. It's very difficult for people to discover new and noteworthy podcasts, especially when you're first starting, if, if your content is not available as, in as many places as possible, you know, I, I would say that these are, are great recommendations for you to, uh, to, to expand your horizons. Go beyond just audio, specifically. Uh, and, and this goes back to what we've talked about uh, a lot earlier. Interview industry subjects. If you are specializing your podcast, let's say around esports, there are esports podcasts out there. Definitely reach out to prominent members of the esports community. Esports journalists are also great uh, people to, to to talk to. Things like that. So find your niche and 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 find industry interviews that are going to make your show more legitimate. And when you do that, what it does is it allows you to leverage their audience. So, for example, like he, Ryan said, we interviewed Chris Waters from GameSpot. He's been around for a long time on that site. Does a lot of video content for for the him or for them, I should say, for GameSpot. And he, he started tweeting and sharing on Facebook the episode that we recorded with him. And now he his audience is now listening to our material, which is fantastic. We had another guy, Tim Lewinson, who's been working in the industry since like the '90s for Electronic Arts, and he started a Kickstarter campaign. And he actually reached out to us, and we thought it would be a, an interesting interview. So we got him talking about how he got started in making games, and we moved on, of course, to discuss uh, what he was there to talk about, his Kickstarter campaign. Again, same situation. We were promoting him, and he was promoting us. So uh, if he has thousands, millions, whatever, followers on Twitter, he's tweeting about our show. Now we, we've suddenly gained a ton of followers on Twitter. Actually, uh, Taylor and I earlier today were kind of walking around uh, MagFest, I'm um, looking at some of the vendors, looking at some of the indie games that are out there. Um, Temi, from who uh, was the artist on Undertale, um, is sitting down there, and we were actually just sitting and talking to them, um, talking about our show, um, talking about the the cool stuff that they're doing, and um, potentially uh, scoping them out for a potential interview. And um, it's really important when you're uh, interviewing somebody to make them feel comfortable, make them feel, you know, we're just getting to know these people. We're not their best friends, and they're, they're not my brother. Um, but we want to kind of get to know them, know them first. Um, before we feel comfortable 
um, sitting down and recording something with them. It's not just, uh, you know, you can just walk up with a microphone or a camera and point them in the face and say, hey, let's, let's talk about this thing. You want to kind of get to know them first and uh, see if you have a good rapport. Um, because the most interesting interviews um, not only ask great questions, you also have kind of a very natural conversation with the person. Engage your audience. And what does that mean? So it's not enough to post your podcast, record, edit, post it on your website, and then you're done. You know, how do you get new followers? How do you get people to like your Facebook page about your podcast? How do you get people to be, you know, give you feedback? Is it just going to be your friends? Your friends are going to might listen to your podcast and that's it. You know, and that's like, that, that's kind of not as rewarding as you might want it to be. So if you want to gain new listeners, engage your audience. And on Twitter, you know, it's the best part about doing this is when somebody says, hey, great show, or hey, I want you to cover this, or it was great meeting you at PAX, it was great seeing you at MAGFest, things like that. And what, that, what I mean by engaging is you're constantly, every episode that you're putting out there, post, it up, post a Facebook update, post, a, uh, you know, post on Twitter, and don't just post regularly on Twitter every time you post an episode. Post when you're not recording throughout the week. If you're not recording, post gaming-related stuff, stuff that's related to the topics that you will be discussing. Start sharing other people's tweets, quote tweets, retweets. Do all of that, all of that. It's very important for you to engage on social media. Otherwise, who's going to discover your podcast? Who? It's impossible in this day and age. And I have to say, over in, in about a year, we have over 500 Twitter followers that follow our show. And as we, st as we continue every single episode, we steadily keep seeing the download and the play numbers keep growing up. We start seeing iTunes reviews. And we start seeing on every single service that we post our podcasts on, those numbers start to increase on the number of subscribers, the number of followers, you, you know, and, and that's very rewarding. You always want to see those numbers going up, right? If it stays flat, if they go down, you know you're doing something wrong. It's not enough just to post your podcast. Make sure you're engaging your audience. Keep them informed. Encourage them to tweet at you. Encourage them to like you on Facebook. Encourage them to email you. Email, share your email. Things like that. Those are those are just some fundamental ways on how to share your podcast. Yeah, and uh, another reason why we do this, I mean, other than uh, it being a popularity contest, is it kind of helps us get more content, uh, talk to bigger people. You know, we're not we didn't start this podcast a year ago and say, okay, we're going to talk to the guy who created Mario like straight out of the gate. Yeah, that'd be really cool, but we have to be kind of a legitimate pre presence on the internet before uh, we really can like build up the courage to to talk to Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, you know, we we kind of are slowly climbing the ladder. Uh, we, we had a, actually a coincidence. We, uh, we talked to a friend who did a lot of the translating for the um, Katamari Damacy developers and uh, we, Taylor ran into her at a convention and started talking to her and she became a great resource. We interviewed her for the video game music show and uh, that was a really great way to engage the audience and kind of uh, build up our reputation. And so it's really important to, to kind of throw yourself out there, be on, all the, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit on all these places um, because it just kind of helps you uh, build your brand, build your podcast, and kind of uh, builds up to bigger and better things. Yeah, it, it also helped that we went to high school with this <laughs> with her as well. <laughs> if you guys remember at uh, last year's MAGFest, she was translating live at the panel and also she was there uh, as well uh, at the autograph session for them too. So that, that was pure coincidence, but certainly, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about engaging an audience. She was definitely listening to our podcast. We're like, we'd love to have you on. We didn't know you did this kind of thing. So anyway, 
you also start getting listeners and, and audience members who you might want to also interview, get involved in your podcast. So, yeah, might be fate. Okay. All right, next. Choose an interesting format, topic, and angle. Let's talk about the different kinds of podcasts that you can produce. So let's kind of give a little bit of background. We asked at the top of this panel what podcasts you listen to. And each one of them are kind of a little bit unique in what they discuss. They find their own little niche, right? And there's a little bit of crossover. And there, there's some podcasts that don't cover literally every pod, everything about gaming under the sun. So we noticed that a lot of them were li- like, the Giant Bombcast is a good example. They would often talk about gaming news and culture, but they, they didn't really cover a lot of history, right? They're, they're very recent. They, they produce every week. But something like Retronauts, I heard Retronauts, somebody said that earlier. I love Retronauts. They talk about, they literally cover games that are like decades old. And they, they go through how it, how it was developed and the critical reception. And they really go in depth about the history about video games and, and, and game makers. And that's what we like about those. They, they find their own niche. But instead, what we wanted to do was we kind of wanted a crossover of everything. So our show is a little bit of a variety of all of those put together. So I sometimes describe our podcast as like a reader's digest of the gaming world. If you don't regularly keep up with reading on top gaming sites or following blogs or whatever, you know, if you were to listen to our podcast, for the most part, I think you would be kind of up to speed on not only news, but also get, we have a, like he said, regular segment on This Week in Gaming History and, and Gaming Culture. We have those offbeat stories where we talk about sort of things you might not have uh, seen on the internet and, and, and that aren't, aren't, aren't pretty common. So that's sort of the crossover that we wanted to create in the podcast sphere. And you might have heard this before about internet content in general, but everything has sort of been done before, right? You, we just we, Again, all those podcasts that you guys uh, uh, shouted out earlier, you might think, oh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make something because there are already podcasts that do that. Like, why would I, why would anyone care what I have to say about it? And the point of this is that, oh, by the way, I discovered Google Slides supports GIFs, GIFs, however you say it, norm, like natively. So I love this. So that's why I started putting in GIFs in the backgrounds. But anyway, it hasn't all been done the way you would do it. And what do I mean by that? If you have a personality, if you have a certain spin, if you have a certain level of expertise, make sure you are inserting that personality into your podcast. So if you, uh, let's say, I don't know, if you are a fan of Capcom fighting games and you covered the Capcom Cup, you covered, I don't know, other, other tournaments, that community in general, that is a niche you've discovered and there aren't many podcasts that cover that specifically, and now you can tap into an audience that's looking for that content. So make sure you insert a lo- inject a lot of that personality. I think when, Ryan, we learned a huge lesson when we first started off, we were kind of dull. We were, our content was a little boring. Our delivery wasn't very exciting. You know, it felt like we were just chatting with each other. It was very monotone. Was very, I thought it was very boring. It wasn't good stuff, and it took us for a while for us to get into the groove uh, and... and really kind of make it our own. So I know it's hard to put into words, but what I mean is find your niche and find that personality to make your show interesting and compelling. Don't be a Joe Schmo that if you listen to the podcast, you're like, man, I wouldn't want to recommend this. I'm not going to share this. I'm not confident in this material. Why is anyone else going to listen to it? Right? So 
All right, there are 180,000 estimated active podcasts in the U.S. alone. If you look at worldwide, it's, some, it's something like over 200, 250,000, something like that. Some, and it's, a, it's a hard number to uh, capture because podcasts are on a lot of different platforms. It used to just be exclusively on iTunes. Now they're practically everywhere. But th- there are so, this, this number is so huge. You know, how do you separate yourselves from everything else that's out there, right? And so you need to ask yourself these questions. You know, why should we listen to your show over someone else's? If you can't answer that question, you're not ready to podcast, okay? You need to find a, a sort of a little mini elevator pitch that you can, you know, t- t- tell your friends. If, if <laughs> the only people that are going to listen and care about your podcast are your parents, you, you haven't found your audience. You haven't found your niche, you know? Yeah, I mean, can you talk about that a little bit more? I mean, yeah, um, you know, when we introduce ourselves to potential interview subjects, we I say, "Hi, my name is Ryan. I have a podcast. Would you be willing to talk to it?" Well, you know, we we talk a little bit about what we do. We're a gaming news, culture, and history uh, podcast, and uh, we really think your game, your product, your whatever is interesting. You know, pe- gamers want to know about this stuff. And that, that sort of pitch, I mean, that's a very weak pitch, but that's just an example of the kind of thing you you would want to say to somebody um, who, who's potentially going to listen to your podcast, who's potentially going to be a subject on your podcast. Um, you want to have just like a quick quick line or two, um, talk about why you should listen to your show over the Giant Bombcast. Um, you know, it, it's not that necessarily you're competing with anybody else's podcast, but you want to tell people, you know, you know why me? So I, I would say that um, if you have a, a podcast idea and you want to do it by yourself, it's very difficult to make yourself compelling. Um, Taylor and I... Uh, Thought it, you know, we were very interested in hearing what uh, each other had to say about video games. So it was very important that we had a co-host. Uh, we can get somebody when we can get somebody else to talk a third, a third rotating chair. It's even more interesting. Um, just think about the the amount of conversations you have with people and um, how many people would be interested in hearing it. If it's one person, it's kind of interesting. If it's two people, it's even more interesting. Just multiply that out. Um, hosting a solo show is very difficult. Kind of only do that when, uh, very rarely when uh, one of us isn't available, um, and then we kind of figure it out. But um, you and kind they're of, usually shorter, right? Yeah, you kind of want to figure out your format. Um, you know, most podcasts tend to be discussions. The Giant Bombcast, for example, has four or five guys on it, sometimes more, and that turns into a really interesting, interesting discussion depending on what they're talking about. Um, you know, one guy t- can speak to fighting games, one guy to speak to new releases, um, one guy can talk about. Um, this game that he played that was a game that he remembered as a kid. You know, you want to try to get every interesting angle out there. And uh, the more hosts you have, the more complicated it can get, but also the more interesting and rewarding the discussion can be. So so make that decision before you start, definitely. Uh, what's your format going to be? Are you going to do it solo? Or are you going to do it with co-hosts? And if so, how many co-hosts? And what segments do you want to structure your, your show around? <laughs> I can't tell you how many podcasts out there have this title. They say, Three Drunk Gamers, or... Uh, round table of gamers or games podcast. Like those are very generic and what it ends up being are like, it's the same format of everyone. They're like, they go way off topic. I've heard some podcasts that are like start and bombcast. Unfortunately, you know, when I first started listening to it, I actually didn't like the giant bombcast because they start talking about their personal lives way too long. And like they go into wrestling and other topics. And I'm like, mm, I, I don't get it. Why, why, why just, 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 just cover the gaming and that's it. That's what I'm here for. But, it, you know, it, to be honest, the, they're, they're, the way they uh, structure their segments around, you know, eventually they get to, good, to the good stuff, but they sort of built a cult of personality and they already had the audience, so they're allowed to do that. 
you start off that way, you go way off topic, and now you're you know you're you're going on these wild tangents. Everyone's going to stop and unsubscribe from your podcast. I've seen so many podcasters make this mistake when they begin. Do not start going like, "Hey, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, what are you drinking over there? All right, cool. So, what do you think about this? Oh, that's neat." And then it takes them five minutes to get to the podcast, and by then the person's already stopped and deleted the, their podcast and they unsubscribed. So, think about the segments you want to structure your show around. Uh, come up with good ideas, something possibly unique about the, the topics you're covering. How long will your podcast be? Very important. This, usually the typical podcasts are anywhere between half an hour to one hour. That's a big range, but the sweet spot is generally 45 minutes. That's because a lot of podcasts, I don't know about you guys, I listen to podcasts when I commute. I think you do too. Yeah. And generally speaking, it's, they're not super long. They're not super short commutes for most people. And so... That's generally a, a good, good time. You, if you go way too long, you, you speak for hours, people are going to be not be as engaged, and it's very hard to make that content. It's also going to take you forever to edit that stuff. If you make it way too short, which, well, short podcasts can be a good thing if they're done very well. There's a great example of called, it's, it's not an active podcast anymore, it's called uh, A Life Well Wasted. Has anyone ever heard of that? No? Well, I highly recommend you check it out. They only put out, it's, it was like one, one guy, and he interviewed a lot of uh, different subjects. And he, he covered like a theme, like one week it was like bosses, one week it was like childhood nostalgia. They were very short. They were like 10 to 20 minutes and it worked. They were really, they were chock full of uh, interesting stuff and, and, and it, it worked and surprisingly very short. Very few podcasts can do that well. So think about that. How often will you release new shows? Very difficult to release shows weekly. Very difficult, especially if you have co-hosts and scheduling conflicts and doing it on the weekend. Everyone kind of does this on the side, right? Uh, very few people are full-time podcasters. Think about that. Really make a decision and say, maybe I should do this monthly or bi-weekly, something like that. Daily is incredibly difficult. Don't recommend you do that. Very hard for you to keep coming up with new content every single time. So last year, uh, Taylor was uh, planning a wedding, his own wedding. And uh, we had to kind of take a podcasting hiatus because he was getting involved in all the wedding planning, um, talking to caterers and all that stuff. And we had to take a break from the show because... It wasn't possible to keep a regular schedule and say, "Okay, Taylor, let's sit down and talk every Sunday from six to seven. That was that was that was kind of hard on us and kind of hurt our uh, subscribers um, because they didn't get a, a show from us. But uh, you know, we needed to take a break, and you have to kind of think consider your release schedule uh, when you have a weekly show like like ours is. Will you have background music or sound effects? Very important decision. There are some podcasts that don't, and that can make it work if you're good enough. But I strongly recommend you uh, find the stuff. And if you are looking for to play music, like for your theme, for your intro, for your outro, make sure you have permission to do so. We actually reached out to a chiptune artist called Phonetic Hero, who's a MAGFest regular. And we said, hey, we like your music. Can we use it for our show? He said, sure. He gave us permission. We were allowed to do that. If you decide to play an artist's music and you do not have permission from them to do that on your podcast, you may run into some legal problems. You'll get takedown notices. And that's a big problem. You don't want to, don't, do not get into that. Uh, and there's also this legal precedent called fair use. So if you decide, like, let's say we cover a news piece about a press conference at E3, and I wanted to pull a quote from with that someone had said, fair use, generally speaking, anywhere like 15 seconds is the standard. So if I have 15 seconds of audio from that that press conference, I'm criti- I'm discussing it. I might be critical of it, or I'm even I'm talking about a game, and I want to play 15 seconds of game audio. That is under fair use. Like if you look at NPR, NPR plays a lot of audio. 
you know, and, and a lot of songs. They don't get permission from every single artist, but because they're only playing 15 seconds worth, it, they don't they don't need to because they're discussing the, the music or the sound effect or the the quote that they're using. So something to think about uh, when when you're deciding to, to to do music and sound effects in, in your podcast. All right, we're running we're we're running a little behind, so let's let's I'm gonna kind of breeze through these next few ones, but uh, again, I want to leave some time for a Q and A towards the end. Collaborate if you have co-hosts. Make sure you have a good rapport. If you do not, it's going to be disaster. Pick a solid format. Try not to change your format every single week in your podcast. You might have some variation some week. Well, some weeks, like when I go solo and Ryan's unable to record, or we have an interview guest and we have a scheduling conflict, well, one of us will just take care of it, right? And when that, that one voice you won't hear on the podcast that week. And, and so uh, pick a format and, and try not to sway from it uh, too much per episode. Draft a show outline. Don't go in without notes. Do not start podcasting and and shoot off the cuff. Don't do everything off the top of your head. You're going to inevitably forget things. You're going to say, ah, I forgot to talk about that thing. You know, and, and you're like, man, that would have been great for the show. And you want to go back and re-record, and, it's, it's, and now it's awkward to edit that in. Practice, 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 practice. We did not do this enough when we first started, and we sounded terrible at first. Horrible. Do not listen to our first episodes. Don't. <laughs> do not. Please. Spare yourself. It's not very good. And, and, we, and because we went into there dry, we literally started live recording. We were like, ah, we kept screwing up. We were like, nah, we're not confident in our material. And that's because we didn't practice. All right, prepare to podcast. So this is how you get into, this is the basics of how to start podcasting. Number one, set up your audio editing software. Can't recommend Audacity enough. Find those tutorials online uh, uh, and get started. Very easy to download and install. The, uh, you don't need a, a huge... You don't need a lot of audio engineering experience in order to do that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, if you're buying equipment, make sure that your microphone and your setup works with your computer, works with Audacity. Make sure that when you plug it in, it's recognized. Um, I can't tell you uh, the amount of times we've recorded something and it, it, uh, the USB connection wasn't working or was in the wrong port or wasn't plugged in. Uh, very easy to make that kind of mistake. And uh, it's also very easy to prevent that kind of mistake. So you want to make sure that you're going to connect your mic to your mixer uh, and, make, and make sure it's uh, on your, being recognized by your computer. Or if you're not using a mixer, make sure it's directly connected to your PC. And record and play back. Do this, do this, do this every time. I don't care how many episodes you do this. We, there are a lot of times where Ryan and I record, we play back, and we're like, oh, that didn't sound right. Oh, there was a buzz. We need to pl uh, plug back in the microphone. If you start, if you start recording and it sounds awful, can't go back. It's very difficult for that for you to edit that stuff in post-production. Make sure everything sounds okay before you start. Find some theme music. Like I said, this is optional and sound effects. Again, get artist permission. Specifically, I highly recommend you reach out to indie artists, people who aren't mainstream, chiptune artists, people at MAGFest. If you know somebody who's an artist here, talk to them. Ask them for permission. They're very happy to promote their stuff. And at the end of every episode, we credit Phonetic Hero. We say, Special thanks to Phonetic Hero for the use of his songs for our show. They're part of the compilation project Chiptunes Equals Win. Very simple. We also post links to his work on our website, on our podcast, in our show notes. And, and it's, it's, it's mutual, mutual benefit. He gets new audience members and I get to use his music. All right. Pick a strong show name. So important. So important. It does, <laughs> like I said before, there, there's a gaming podcast called uh, like three drunk gamers. There's a lot of like drunk, drunk gamers. I, gaming and friends. And you know, this is so boring. They're so, they're not inspired. They're not creative. And it, it's hard. I know it's hard to name a podcast. It's very, very difficult to find something that people are going to say like, ah, that's clever. That's creative. And that's 
going to speak to the material I'm going to cover. And so, again, something memorable related to your content specifically. If you find your niche, if you're talking about esports, try to put it into the title of your of your podcast, if possible. And, and ours, you know, it's called the 1P versus 2P podcast, which if you're a gamer, you recognize, oh, it's kind of like a multiplayer might have two co-hosts. That's kind of the thing we were going for, really. Like opposing and, views. It, suppose, yeah. Opposing. Like, like, we'll talk about a game, and he'll say, like, oh, I really like Fallout 4. And I say, well, I don't. I think Fallout 4 is not very exciting for me. And then we kind of have, you? yeah, <laughs> we, we can have kind of an interesting conversation around that. Yeah. All right. Include keywords if possible. Like I said, if if you can, try if possible to put like the things you'll be talking about into the show itself. We're going to show you a few examples in a few slides. Create social media accounts. Do not just put out a podcast. You're not going to gain new listeners. It's very difficult to find new and noteworthy stuff on your own if you're just a casual podcast listener. And make account names or, or URLs easy to say out loud. We made this mistake with ours. <laughs> Our Twitter account is like at 1PVS2P underscore podcast. It's a huge mouth, mouthful. Sometimes when I say V, it sounds like I'm saying B as in boy. And, and, and it's kind of, I don't recommend it. So take it from us. We, we've learned our lessons. And uh, make your URLs easy to say out loud on your podcast. Find a place to host your podcast. And we're going to show you a few recommendations. Squarespace, SoundCloud, Podbean, Podomatic, Libsyn, and Blueberry. Every single one of those, you know, has different features, caveats, pricing, whatever. So research. Ours is hosted through Squarespace, and we're going to show you a demonstration of, a quick demonstration of our, what our website looks like and how it's served up. But um, like I said, some are free with limits. You can only have like an, uh, an upload limit. And some have great, uh, like excellent features, and some don't so much so and try to create a blogger site alongside your podcast you know try to create companion material the, the cool thing about hosting on squarespace we're not corporate chills for squarespace we're not sponsored by them i, I did after extensive research we went through and, and ended up going with them because they're adaptive design our site looks great on mobile and then it looks great on tablets and then it looks great on desktops and it reformats does that make sense well hold your questions to the end because we have a q a very quickly uh, towards the end and, and that's the reason why we really like Squarespace. And, and this is sort of like a, a very quick video of what it looks like on the desktop version. Uh, so we have several pages set up at the top navigation bar, like that show to our blog. Okay, so blog videos, podcast show notes, like you can read about us. And it's a, kind of a neat format, and it also automatically serves up our podcast in an RSS feed. And, and it has drag-and-drop features, which I really like. You don't need to know anything about web design to use it. That's why I highly recommend it. Very customizable. But again, you can you explore those other services. Create cover art and make sure it is recognizable. You can only make one good first impression. And if it looks bad, no one's going to bother. It, it's sad, but we kind of judge books on their by their covers a lot of the times. Same applies to podcasts, right? It's kind of sad, but it's true. You know, we're going to give you good examples of covers. Why do these look good? Instantly recognizable as gaming related. The Indoor Kids is a great one. Unfortunately, it's no longer active. Uh, by the Nerdist Network, you can instantly tell. Like that, it harks back to to what is that asteroid? Is that yep, yep? And the land party. So again, big letters, great, and it's got a controller in there. Very very minimalist, classic design. Mini map, Polygon's mini map. I love that podcast, and it even says the actual material what they cover: daily gaming and pop culture news. Into the Nexus is covers uh, Heroes of the Storm, Blizzard stuff. And what I like about what they did is that they actually created the font in the same style as the game itself. Bad. Here are some really bad examples that I found. Games and gaming podcasts. Okay, self-explanatory title. 
Look at the format of the file. That doesn't say anything about games and gaming, does it, to me? Look at Inside Gaming. Can you guys even see that on the screen? It's just like five faces of dudes, and it's very tiny. Imagine this is blown up on a screen. Imagine on your phone how tiny it is. You can't even read that text. What's that fist in the guns thing? That's actually a gaming podcast I found. No title, nothing about it. Does that scream video games? Does anyone say that's a gaming podcast when they look at that? No. And that other one was like a collage of like different video game screens. Awful. You can't, again, no text. Doesn't tell me what it is. Again, you cannot, it doesn't evoke anything about the material that it's covering. So those are some good and bad examples. Unify your brand. Our site is actually, our URL is, is related. Try to name the same the website the same as your podcast. And then if you have your cover art, try to match that with other material on, on your site. Like we have sidebar items and links that kind of look like our shell art. And high resolution, very, very, very important. If you're not a Photoshop expert, you can hire a freelancer to do it, like on Fiverr.com. It's like $5, and they'll design something for you that's super high resolution and looks great when blown up. Nothing's worse than it's scaling an image super high, and then it looks like crap that's all blurry, right? So 14 by 1400 is a standard. Make sure the cover art is relevant to your show's content, just like I described in the examples. And recognizable to all sizes. Notice when I shrunk down that podcasting, you can still tell what it, and reads what it says. Now imagine that on a phone, same concept. Very tiny uh, that appears on phones, tablets, whatever. So make sure that it is instantly recognizable. Decide where to record. I record in a closet. Ryan records in his room. The acoustics were not in professional studios, but you want to make sure so you are separate. Do not record in the same room as your significant other, your cat, your dog, you know, your whatever. You know, make sure it's in a quiet space. Go ahead. And, uh, and think about like the acoustics. Big rooms are going to echo. You don't want that to, to be heard on your podcast. Uh, sorry, go back for a second. So mic placement is key. You want to make sure you're up close to the mic. Do not talk far away like this. Do not do that. A lot of, a lot of round table, like, uh, shows that have a lot of uh, co-hosts, they talk away from the mic. They have a tendency to, to, to move forward and backward and all around and looking away from the microphone, talk directly into the microphone, uh, and be as close as possible. You want it to sound crisp and clear. Work on your delivery. Make sure your performance is, is, is nice and sound. Start podcasting. Recording live versus pre-recording and edit in post-production. We actually pre-record. So if we screw up, we go back and we repeat the segment or like we'll, we'll, we're like, I didn't like how that sounded. Let's go back and we'll edit it in after the fact. Recording live is very difficult. It's possible, but doing that allows you to uh, not take as much time in editing and posting. So that's the advantage that there's advantages and disadvantages to doing both. Uh, CN Levelator, if you're taking notes, put a star next to this. This is an excellent freeware program that if you don't know anything about audio engineering, as soon as you're done editing your podcast, uh, stick it into this program and it automatically levels your audio. And what that does is like if you're speaking softly and then loudly and softly and loudly, what it does is it, there's an algorithm where it all, it, it does a great job of leveling yourself out. And so both you and your co-host will sound excellent and all relatively at the same volume when, when being played back. Can't recommend that enough. Uh, if you are recording with multiple microphones or, or Skype and Google Hangout guests, there's a great program called Voice Meter Banana, not on the slide. Voice Meter Banana, I recommend that. It's sort of like a virtual soundboard, but it allows you to take different inputs and outputs from your computer, like your microphone or your Twitch stream, and then like a Skype guest, and then your co-host who's on Google Hangouts. And like you can route it wherever you want. If you want that all recorded separately in different tracks in Audacity, 
You can use something called Voice Meter Banana. There are other solutions out there. That's the one that we've used successfully. Also, also can be used to record that audio as well. Tag and export your MP3 file in Audacity. Yeah, I know. We're running out of time. That's okay. Tag and export your MP3 file. Uh, so enter as much meta metadata as possible, like things like, go ahead, artists should be your episode host or site name, your album is your podcast name, your title is your episode number plus the title of the episode, like usually the topic that you're discussing. Try to enter in as much as possible. And if, again, you don't need to be an audio engineer to do this. So to minimize file size while keeping good audio quality, export using the following settings. Instead of stereo, record on mono. Uh, the podcasts are like people talking. You're not, you're not, it's not a vocal performance. You're not on the Grammys. So it, it, in most cases, you're not listening to podcasts through surround sound systems. Record in mono or export in mono, I should say. And the sample rate 44, uh, yeah, 44K is usually what you'll see it listed as in any audio editing program. And the bit rate at 128. If you don't understand what those mean, as soon as you export, mo every audio editing program is going to ask you for these, for this information. So what this does is it, Keeps your file size low, but it still makes your quality sound great. Uh, deviating from these settings too much will either do one of two things. Make your file size way too big or make your audio quality sound way too bad. Okay. And then submit your podcast to iTunes. This is a process that takes several days. And then make it available to listen on as many platforms as possible. Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, SoundCloud, Clamor. These are like the bare minimum. Clamor is great. I highly recommend it. It kind of takes like... Uh, you can upload your entire episode and then pick like a 20 minute or 20 second clip and then it like plays that natively and you can share that on Twitter and Facebook and it's great. I, I love that service. Um, in addition to iTunes though, these are all the places you should be posting your podcast and depending on where you're hosting it, it will automatically do this for you. And even on YouTube and even if you're putting a still image and you're just editing your audio over the still image, still worthwhile on YouTube. Some people just subscribe directly through there. So I'm sorry we ran a little bit over for, for questions. I don't know if there's a panel after us, but I don't, I don't see anyone giving us the, the, the hurry up. So thanks, everyone, for attending. I hope you learned something. And uh, we'll take a few questions if anyone has uh, any comments, suggestions. Okay. okay. Well, thank well, you so much. We look forward to a good MagFest. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to follow us, we're very active on Twitter. That's our... That's our uh, Handle. Handle, thank you. Twitter handle. <laughs> like our Facebook page. You can even email us if you have any questions or want to give feedback on our show. Or you can visit our site. You can even do it on mobile. Looks great on your phones. 1pvs2p.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy MacFest.